Hello and welcome to Loving Your Garden, Better Gardening podcast. I'm Rod Whiting, Loving Your Garden group founder, and for a change, I thought we'd go out on the road with clips from three recent events. We'll start with a lovely chat with three top gardeners who have more Chelsea medals between them than I have grey hairs. Spoiler alert, that's a lot. One of the country's leading plants women, Rosie Hardy, renowned garden designer David Stevens, and our old friend Loving Your Garden's resident horticulturist, John Sterland. We took a quick break from duties at the Beaver Castle Flower and Garden Show uh, to chat about the perfect summer garden. Well, I have some of the leading lights of the show here uh, with me today. We have uh, our own John Sterland. Uh, hello, John. Lovely to see you here. And you, Rod. It's nice to be here. Yeah, yes. It's fabulous. Uh, and all these plants. <laughs> yes, and all these plants. Well, all Rosie Hardy's plants. Yeah. Uh, yes, hello. Lovely to see you. All, all looking fantastic as ever. And um, I shall be taking some of those away with me this afternoon <laughs> to fill in the gaps where I'm having to take plants out that shouldn't be there. <laughs> Speaking of which, garden designer David Stevens. Hey, hello, Rod. I mean, we were saying just now, and it, the problem with these shows and people like Rose who's brilliant it's a sweetie shop for people isn't it and it's fake you come along and say oh, I've got to have one of that I've got to have one of that you get them in the ground and you don't realise quite how big they may be getting always read a flipping label and ask an expert like Rosie like Rob because they'll tell you how big things get and I've got my garden well Rosie knows I got nearly all my garden plants from Rob and Rosie last year or two years ago now and boy have they developed and I'm taking a spade to some of them in the spring and I should be dividing them up and my will be having some and but that's gardening so those plants have another life and they go on now rosie you may not like that because you won't get another order from <laughs> but you know what i mean plants are just wonderful they really really are well they are they're brilliant and you know that's the thing about them they keep giving so as long as you are putting the right plant in the right place and you're getting the correct information about what you should be doing with them then that's how it goes and we always try and we will always ask someone where are you putting it no that won't work and especially people local to this vicinity beaver you know they've got clay soils and you've got to have the plants that will grow on the clay soil so you need things which are slightly thuggy but also that will take a bit of the dryness because apparently around here they've not had any rain well recently until now yes. of course it rains <laughs> no we uh, and over in norfolk we haven't as well very yeah, but very you're little. in the mediterranean yeah. over there and come on you're in another country you know oh, well well think look let's let's think about the perfect summer garden shall we and so uh, i know it's difficult because there's so many plants you can choose now but come on give us a give us a couple of what you'd well I think, you know, if you're, if you're looking for things that are midsummer and you've got moister soil, then the lithrums are fantastic. They're really super. You can have the really bolt upright ones with big blousy heads like blush or furkies, or you can get the wafting ones like drop more purple or a swirl. And they are really beautiful and they, they do really well. They're flower love really beautifully. The other things are the oenotheras or what everybody Ooh, knows yeah. as gora. Yeah. And those are just summer magic, really, because they just flower and flower and flower. You deadhead, they come back. Uh, just a minute. I call it Gura. Yeah. It's not had a name change, has it? I'm sorry. Yes, it has. <laughs> oh, no, not one. We've had this all before, haven't we? But no, you're right. We're looking at three plants I've got in the garden. I've got Guras. Look, yeah. the bees absolutely love them babina yeah. jacksi yeah. i've got which is i don't know whether you can get that but it's just full of them um, and lamb's ears 
you yeah, know, it's status. That, that, status. Yeah. status. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been around well, for years. It has. And, you know, the thing is, a lot of these old varieties, everybody thought were superseded. But the reason why they still keep going is they still produce a good plant and they work well and the more people can go back to more native style or species type plants they are able to cope with the changing weather yes, patterns that yes, we've got and also good for pollination absolutely brilliant. they're brilliant for pollinators so they're, they're great plants so yes yeah, so if you've got dry areas then grey leaved things are really good you've got damper areas then you want things which light the damp so your astilbes are good on the heavy clay again the geums are good and you get a mixture of plant material that's there and the other sneaky thing to do if you're not too good is go to the ngs gardens locally yeah go and have a look round, see what people are growing there because they're going to be growing on similar soils to what you've got yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. obviously not in a new build because the new builds had everything taken away and it's then builders rubble with a little bit of dirt put over the top um but then you just need organic matter organic matter organic matter and people think oh i put a little bit on and they put about an inch on no use whatsoever you might as well dust it away yeah. you know you've got to be putting on inches oh yeah. sorry we're in centimeters now aren't we so you're going to be no, putting in <laughs> to at least 10 centimeters deep is what you need to be putting on and that needs to go on annually in new borders and you know david preparation exactly. preparation good preparation soil. i was going to say good david yeah. equals good plants yeah. it really and it's like wallpapering it's the jobs you don't see that make all the difference so it's preparation uh, and you know we inherited a garden that had buried stone brick goodness knows which I've actually recycled and reused which now looks great but you know get as much organic material into the ground as possible I, mean, I literally double, double dug my ground dug compost in while I was doing it and then top dress and do that annually just a very quick one but what, what about aspect we've got all this lovely soil now but what about if you've got an open or a, or a shady oh, spot yeah, just I mean, pick your careful how you pick your plants exactly but I mean again I always say for goodness sake read the label because it will tell you on the label yeah. basically what the plant likes acid alkaline sunshade and how big it gets you know uh, talk to a, le- a local nurseryman because nursery people understand nur- you know don't I'm not sharp, be rude, go to your sheds, go to your B&Qs and Tesco's, because they don't have the knowledge. But a grower, a nurseryman, does have nursery person. Should I, God, I can't say nurseryman now, <laughs> you can, can you? Yeah, <laughs> but it's right, isn't it? You've got the expert, you know the localities, you know the soil, you know the microclimates, and that's what gardening's all about. And, and join a good horticultural society, because then you've got people in your area that have got gardens as well, and they will know and give you a lot of knowledge that you might not know otherwise. What about what about your perfect summer garden, uh, David? Well, I'm very keen on, on successional colour. And I think you've got to move from spring into summer and into autumn. Um, and it's not... I, 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 say I don't like the idea of a summer garden. I do, but I like a garden that's good for all the seasons and not just the summer. Yes, exactly. So things like yeah. now, um, I've got that wonderful, got off you, Lysomachia brachystachis, yeah. which is now just coming into flower. Wonderful plant. Romps around <laughs> like a mad thing, but it's brilliant. Um, then I've got the hydrangeas are coming on. Um, I mean, I've still got the, that geranium Orion still flowering its head off in the garden. So there are plants that will take you right the way through the summer, into the autumn, and then into the winter. 
winter with your hellebores and can you just give us that name again because i can just oh, imagine yes. when somebody who's not into gardening comes and visits you Ly- come and have a look at my <laughs> lysomachia brachystachis is that the correct <laughs> easy name? for you to it's say a, it's a lovely but well, there are a lot of lysomachias aren't there oh, i've got and i've got flowering at the moment um, firecracker yeah. which is another beautiful yellow tall one up to about your height john fabulous plant but with, with purple foliage which is exactly. unusual so yeah. you've got all of these ones and there are plants like that so it's one species but some will go in the sun and some will go in the shade so you can find them for the different places but as i've always said you know if you are really stuck then hardy geraniums are your go-to plant oh they are fantastic you, aren't it, they? They, they flower for a long period you've got some for the shade you've got short low alpine ones you've got tall ones you've got full sun growing ones and that's a real go-to plant so it's a hardy geranium it is not a pelagonium Oh, yes, I was just yes, saying, yes. is that an advert? Hardy geranium, <laughs> or you mean the hardy? Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah brilliant. Oh, yeah. wonderful. But, you know, it, it, as, as they were saying, you know, succession is good, and some plants will give you interest in the spring with their foliage, then they'll have their flowering season, then they'll give you interest mm. in the autumn, and then sometimes their seed heads look great for the winter time. So you've got to look at all of the different aspects of what a plant is doing mm. for you. Is it giving you a backdrop for something else to show off? Is it then showing off itself? And then is it then just going fading into the background? as you go through the season. I totally agree, Rosie, because at the back of my pond I've now got Rudbeckias and I'm so looking forward to them. They're just coming up nicely and when everything's gone, the Xantodesias and all those, they'll be coming out later in the summer and in the autumn just behind the pond and... And it, that, uh, to me, that's one yeah. of the most wonderful things about creating a garden is looking forward yeah. to the next, what's yeah. coming next. My echinacea is just coming oh, into flower yeah. now, which is great. And then that moves on. I've got, uh, the, the, uh, the anemones are starting yeah. to flower and they'll take us right the way through into the autumn. I mean, what a wonderful trade we're in. You know, we're surrounded by plants and we learn about... But I tell you what, if anybody says they know their plants, they're lying. You can never know. Although <laughs> <laughs> they're changing the names Somebody's of everything. <laughs> so, no, no, no. Because I go, I go to different places. I mean, I went to Patagonia this spring and there was plant material there I just sort of got in awe of. And I'm thinking... Oh, my word, I know nothing. You know, I I know a little Mm. pin drop of the plant material that's around. Because you you basically can just about get the families, but other than that, you know, you just get to a point where you think, gosh, you just learn, learn, learn about plant material all the time. And what people don't understand, if we don't look after the plants, we won't have a planet. You know, it's as simple Mm. as that. Everyone's going on about save all the insects, save all the animals. If you don't have the basics, good soil and plant life, you don't have anything else because everything else comes from plant life and fungi. After that, you know, and we have to look after that. And this is where I get quite frustrated to a certain degree when they're all going on about ecology and everything else and they forget the basics and the basics is look after the stuff that's under your feet yes and that's what we need if we don't have that we don't get everything else we're speaking about plants um somebody who's been gardening for years and should know better is having to take plants out of his garden because he's got the wrong ones and and i'm looking around me now and i'm like that person in the sweet shop you were talking about before (laughs) david i'm going to end up buying a hat full of these yes i think um 
impulse buying is always dangerous, I have to say. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I know. We all, we all do it. Who, who came know, well, back off holiday and opened his boot? <laughs> and and like, full, of, full of plants, you know? Um, and it's, and it, it's yeah, fatal. It, it is fatal, but it's a healthy obsession, it is. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, absolutely. it's not going to create you any problems other than, oh, I might just have to dig up a bit of lawn. Exactly. And why have you still got lawn? Yeah. You know, so you, you can fit in you, more plants, just the, stepping stones through the plants. That's you all you need. <laughs> a really good plants person because they have a garden with lawns and then the lawns get smaller yeah. and smaller yeah. and in the end the lawns are simply pathways yes. through the borders and that's what gardening's that's, that's all it. about. That's it, that's mine. Yep, oh. yep, yep. Wonderful to chat to you all and, uh, and, and as I say, I'm going to do a bit of shopping now so I'll let you guys get on because you're going to be in big demand this oh, afternoon. Dear. All the best. Okay, thanks Rob. Thank you. Great to catch up with Rosie Hardy, David Stevens, and our own John Sterland. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I went along to the Glee Outdoor Garden and Leisure Show at the Birmingham NEC. And one of the products that did catch my interest is one that's been around for a while, but is now becoming very much more mainstream, and that is composite decking. Having seen it in use and been very impressed, I was keen to learn more, and I came across the stand for Guardian Building Products Limited. I've moved over to look at some composite decking and I'm here with uh, Brendan White from Guardian Building Products Limited. Uh, Brendan, I think we've, we've all started to get used to the idea of composite decking now, yeah. but I wonder if we really understand what's involved. A lot of people have got, I see these wide expanses of, of wooden decking mm. and I think, all that maintenance, the joy of this, there is no maintenance. It is a pretty much a fit and forget product. Fit it correctly, you will have years and years of good service out of it. The advantage is, as opposed to wood, wood, as soon as you've fitted it, you are on a timeline of how long before it destroys itself, because it will, it's, it's a wooden product, you're gonna spend hours and hours each year maintenance on it, staining it, trying to put whatever preservative on it to try and stop it from rotting before your eyes because that's what will happen as well as as soon as it gets wet it is very very slippery um, anybody who's ever walked on a wooden deck will know it's tantamount to walking on ice you don't get that with this because it's already got anti-slip qualities built in not affected by rain or water or moisture and weatherproof through the winter yep it's perfectly fine. You can leave it out. As I say, it's, as long as you fit it correctly, use the right hole centres or the right joist centres when fitting it. Fit it correctly, it is a fit and forget product. Literally, all you have to do is maybe once a year, start a spring again, come out, give it a sweep, maybe a swill over with a hose pipe and a, and a, and a, and a sweep with a brush just to make it look as beautiful as it does now. Job done. I suppose the one thing that does potentially put people off is the price because we are talking yeah. a significant difference between wooden yeah. decking and composite decking. That's the trade-off really with wood and composite. Wood is cheaper to buy. You're probably talking anywhere between sort of like eight, 12 pounds a length from your local B&Q, etc. You are looking at probably 20 to 25 pounds a length for the composite. Difference is the composite will not rot in front of your eyes. It will not be a skating rink when it's wet. You can fit and forget it. If your neighbour's got wood, he's on that timeline. Every year he's got to preserve it, maintain it, and make sure it's, it's, it's not rotting away in front of him. 
you can watch him over the fence sweating away doing his decking whereas you can sit on your composite with a cold beer or a glass of wine and look very smug. Well, that does appeal, I must admit. Uh, Brendan White from Guardian Building Products Limited there. But, of course, you do have to factor in the extra price, nearly double the cost of your wooden decking project. But I have to say the product looks and feels great, and I can testify that it is non-slip, at least the product I tried was, which, having recently uh, picked my sobbing wife up off a wet deck, uh, is worth taking into account. Uh, Finally, with all the talk of the UK government's looming ban on peat products, I thought it would be good to get an update on where we are. So I headed to the Melcourt stand to chat with senior partner Catherine Dawson. We're celebrating our 40th year in business. Um, So we started in 1983. We've never dealt with peat. So we've always been peat free. Uh, We supply professional growers. Um, We've done that for um, most of those 40 years, either ingredients for compost or Lastly, a ready-to-use version. We introduced our retail range using the same formulas for, for, for gardeners in 2014. So that was Silver Grow, widely used, endorsed by the RHS because they used it in their professional, in their gardens, places like Wisley. So when they were looking for a brand to get behind on the peat-free front, we were an obvious choice. So that works really well for us. I'm, I'm relatively new to, to the peat-free scene myself. I, I must admit I've always been drawn to the peat products, as a lot of gardeners have, but we are having to adjust because time is running out for us, isn't it? It is, yes. The, the retail uh, sales of peat will end at the end of 2024, so gardeners will have to move to a peat-free product because it's all they'll be able to buy from the spring of 2025. So it's approaching very fast. That's that's barely a season away. And so I don't think anybody should be afraid of peat-free products, but you do get what you pay for. Um, and all the, 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 the work that goes into the quality, it, it does come at a price. But I think for most gardeners, they'd rather pay a little bit more and know that it's going to work. It's lovely. Yes, it is. it is. It is, actually. Like and the interesting thing is, the psychological lift if you like that you 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 even before you've put a plant in it you like it because of the way it looks and feels yeah and and you think well it doesn't really matter to the plant what it looks like what it feels like but it matters to the gardener and actually it it makes a difference if you open a bag and it's pale colored and and it's you can see the individual ingredients it affects your attitude to it very interesting you know there's a whole other subject Catherine Dawson from Melcourt discussing Silvergrow, their peat-free compost, which is available at many garden centres or horticultural suppliers, and, of course, direct from Melcourt Industries' website. Right, that's it for this episode. Things are quieting down a little bit now as we move into the enjoyment phase of the gardening season, or at least we will do when it stops raining. But do subscribe to Loving Your Garden, Better Gardening podcast for the latest episode. And do head over to our Loving Your Garden Facebook group to enjoy other people's gardens and pick up some advice and inspiration. Until next time, happy gardening. Happy gardening.